Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? Ah, Wednesday, middle week, right? Got three more days, what, two, two more days now to go before we all have to be, at, before we all get time off, right? <laughs> I hope everybody's doing well because we've got, a, I've got a great show for you tonight. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Uh, we are based out of uh, Sacramento, California, but we are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal problem, we can get to you. It may take us a while. Because it's a big state, guys. But we can get to you. I've got somebody in, in almost every county that can come help you. Anyway, tonight's show. Drum roll, please. i got a great guest for you. June Lundgren is going to be with us tonight. She's going to be talking about something that, that my team has run into a few times. When you run into dark entities. How can you deal with that? And she has some um, ideas about warrior angels. And we all know about some of the war warrior angels that that we actually do our our prayers to before our ghost hunters prayer to before we go out on investigation and she's going to be talking about those types of angels so that that'll be kind of cool tonight before we get started though uh, i want everybody to remember that uh i'm on a weird kind of schedule right now so we're i'm balancing things because i was gone for a week so i didn't get a chance to do any bookings last week so you know we're going to have some live shows and then some of the shows will be pre-taped and like tomorrow night show uh, with Victoria Constance Briggs, uh, was taped this afternoon, so that that'll be coming in tomorrow for you guys. But we're just starting to get all next week's full already, so now I can start getting the live shows and just start flowing with live shows. Losing seven days with a killer, I'll tell you. Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you see, please be sure to hit that like button, and please be sure to follow. We're always looking for followers. If you're watching from YouTube and you haven't done so already. There's a little ghost down there. It is. There's that little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner. And the little ghost um, has a magnifying glass. And that little ghost is our mascot. Okay? So, um, the little ghost is our mascot. And if you click on that, that will hit the subscribe button will pop up. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, give us a couple likes. I'm a journalist. I'm a photojournalist. And... Uh, I just don't like to do paranormal things. There's other things on there too. There's there's there's, there's therapy things and all kinds of stuff you'll find over there. There's 540 different videos, lots of videos. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna get into our show tonight, and I'm real excited to talk with this with this lady about what she does because, you know, like I said, my team we we, we have run into a, a few dark entities over the years. You don't run into them all the time, but uh, when you do, you have to get um, kind of creative because you gotta not only protect yourself. You gotta protect the client as well and figure out a way to do that. And uh, she has the knowledge to do that. So let's talk with her. I'm gonna bring her in right now. Here we go. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. It's Wednesday. <laughs> Two more days to go. Tell everybody about you. Oh, I'm a psychic medium, um, international author. Uh Demon Seer, I'm a nurse by profession, and I've appeared on Adventures, uh, Coast to Coast, a lot of other ones like that. When you talk about being a psychic medium and being a nurse, how does that work out in the hospital? Because I know when my mother's been in the hospital and I've told them well, I'm a ghost hunter, they go, well, we got stories for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Are, are you seeing things at work when you're at work? Oh, yeah, it's. I've been doing it for 48 years, so, <laughs> you know, there's a lot that demons as well as angels like to hang out at the hospitals, rehab centers, uh, funeral homes, <laughs> any place, uh, assisted living facilities, always. Very interesting. I just find it interesting because, yeah, like I said, every time I used to go with my mother, they'd be like, oh, come down to room such and such. We want to show you something. You know, there's always something going on. Um, when you talk about the work you do as, as an investigator, and I, I know um, 
we we had been discussing, or, you know, via email, we we've been discussing um, the, the warrior angels and the help that they can give you on a case. Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, warrior angels. Uh, there are actually three million of them in uh, spirit form walking the earth right now, and there are over three hundred thousand of them incarnated into physical form. And they incarnate to usually one of two things. Either they're given an assignment or they'll volunteer to help someone or something. So then they'll reincarnate in physical form. And they're, they have special abilities where, you know, they, they're, if you are a warrior angel, you'll know that, that they have special abilities uh, beyond the normal scope. You know, they'll have like one or two abilities, like either a medium, they're psychic, or they're an empath. And any anyone with angelic energy within them has multiple abilities. Like I have Ariel the Archangel. My body was created to hold her soul. So I have the ability to see the future, to heal, to speak with animals, communicate with animals, and... Um, you know, do a psychometry, you name it, I can do it. Kill demons. It's all the same. <laughs> I didn't know there were so many warrior angels because, you know, you know, working like like I do in the field, the one who comes up, you know, the one who comes up the most is, 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 is Michael. Now, Michael is, you're talking about the Legion of Light. The Legion of Light okay. is comprised of Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and Ariel. They okay. are the ones that... They, they are players, ones who train okay. the angels. Very interesting. And these angels, like you say, are they around us all the time and we, we just don't realize it? You can see what I see you know, in this room right now. There are probably 50 or 60 of them. They're everywhere all the time. My, my, when my son was little, still up until the present day, he could see, he could see angels like you, like you or I see people. And there were always hundreds of them around him at all times. Wow. I had no idea. I, I, this yeah. is all new to me. Fantastic. If that, um, so when you do run into like a dark entity, how do they battle? How, how does that work? Well, if if you're on an investigation, I tell people, you know, about it. If you're on, in an investigation and you see something that is possibly like a person, black, do not acknowledge it. To acknowledge it is to make it see you, and you really don't want it to see you and look and decide whether you're worth attaching themselves to. Or just hell. Mm -hmm. So if you uh, just ignore it and pretend you acknowledge it, it's on. Mm -hmm. It's best not to. I mean, I don't have it because they, they want to be anywhere but where I am. Mm -hmm. But when I'm called in. I usually do a lot of consulting, and when I'm called mm -hmm. in, then. They don't see what's inside of me until it's too late. Because what they see, demons are kind of like a lot of humans. They look at the outside, but they never look at the inside. So they think I'm just another stupid human. She comes forward. And then they want to be away from there as fast as they can. Um, and you've been doing this work for a long time, obviously. So you've had a lot of experience doing it. Are there any cases that that that, that stick yeah, out in your I've mind? Been able to... There's a couple of them. Um, I, 2017, 2018, I went to the UK a couple of years, and the first time I went to the UK was um, in 17 with my son, and I uh, had a friend of mine from Florida call me and say, "Hey, give me a call." And I said, "No, I can't. I'm in the UK. I'm in London." And she says, well, can you help this lady? And I'm like, whatever, just send me the information and I'll see if I can help her. So I get the information and 
I send it off, you know, I send the Facebook message off and, and I go to the Tower of London to visit and uh, come back and there's a message from the woman. I Normally I do not respond to Facebook messages, this sort of thing, but she says, I was felt compelled to respond to your message. And I'm like, okay, I said, so what's up? And she says, there's demons at the house where I live. And I'm like, okay, I said, just send me a picture of the house and I'll, while I'm on the treadmill exercising. I was like, yeah, okay. Because I can do it from a distance. So evidently this house was is supposed to be the most haunted one in all of London, all of England. It was called the Cage. And it was a medieval women's prison for witches. So there's a lot of demonic portals there and things like that. So when I see the picture of a location, I can tell what's there. So I did the removal and um, she called me and said, you know, are they all gone? I said, yeah, because she doesn't live in it anymore because she couldn't, she couldn't because it was sonic activity was terrible. She had moved out of it like the year before. So um, she says, I have a famous psychic coming in and he doesn't deal with negative entities. He says, she says, his name's Chris Fleming. I said, yeah, I know him. I said, don't have to worry about it when he comes in. I said, he'll find that there's nothing negative left. And so evidently he came in the next morning and sure enough, there was nothing negative left there. She called me and I told her, I said, you know, I do good work. <laughs> take something out, I take it out. That's it is. But that was that was one of the most more interesting cases. And then there's Hampton Court, which is in uh, Berkshire, over there. And I have a friend of mine that I met when I that met me when I was there, and we went to um, Hampton Court because he said I really want to show you Hampton Court. And I want to do an interview with you there at Hampton Court. It's uh, his name is Howard Hughes. He does the unexplained files out of the UK. And uh, so we went there and there's a little cafeteria. They created a cafeteria in one area. We were coming out of there from we had met him for lunch there. And we came out into the Great Hall and I heard the door to my left open. And there stood Henry VIII. And Howard's like, what do you see? And I said, Henry VIII. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you're kidding. I said, no. And Henry, he had like, he's like peeking around the corner of the door. And he's like, which? And I said, bite me. You're uglier and fatter than the pictures. And he slammed the door shut. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It is funny. He didn't think it was, but my son, my son was filming like the, there was a um, grand staircase and we were getting ready to go upstairs to the armory room and stuff. And, and my son's like, mom, there's something walking up the stairs. Cause he was videotaping mm -hmm. and I'm like, so I look up and I'm like, yeah, that's Anne Boleyn. And he's like, okay. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> it's not a big deal. And then and we ran into King James's wife. She was not nice at all. And she tried to jump me. I'm like, you won't don't want to jump me because you don't won't like what you find inside. And she and when she tried, it's like Ariel just kicked her out. And she's like, Nope, don't want that. <laughs> but that was place that's that was relatively uh interesting place. It was quite haunted. Nothing. Well, I take it back. We went down to where they used to cook the food in the in the place. It's always in the basement. And there was a cellar that where they had kept the wine, kegs of wine and stuff like that. And it was their quote unquote refrigerant area. And there was a negative entity there. And so we so I removed it and there's a video on my YouTube where you can see all the spirits coming out of there as I'm removing the demon. But 
it was it was nice. It was cool. I'm going back in May. So. Um, when I was young, I think probably around ten or eleven, we were in England, and the, the, there was a photo that my father got. And back then, people would shoot on slides, you know. And oh, yeah. And he yeah. kind of laughed and went, "Oh, look, it's Henry the It was it was near Cambridge. It was, it was one of Henry the castles, in fact. And there was like this table and this chair, and then this figure was right by the by the table. And my dad kind of blew it off because he's logical. You know, he's one of these very yeah, kind of people. yeah. But when I think back on it, I'm going to go back through all the slides now as a ghost hunter because yeah. it looks like Henry VIII is standing there by this table. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it, the Hampton Court was his summer was his summer house. So. Yeah, Jerry, I'm sure he haunts them all. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, when when you do battle with demon, you know, is it hard to get them out? Because you know, sometimes once they're in there, they're in real tight. No, it's not hard. Not hard for me anyway. It doesn't right. take long; it takes a minute or two. Mm -hmm. But that's because when Ariel comes forward, she battles them in their realm of existence. Because the dark realm and the light realm, they function on a whole different uh, realm of existence. So that when she comes forward, I see what she sees, which is demons. Uh, and she does battle with them. And so I hear and feel everything that she does. And she has two white light swords that she uses. And the demons have dark swords. I would call them broad swords from the old mm -hmm. days. And uh, they, they fight because they know that she's going to kill them. Mm -hmm. But they don't win. And when there's a big battle, which happens from time to time, then... The legion is the, the legion goes with her, and there are other archangels like Metatron and Melchizedek and stuff mm -hmm. who actually join in the fight. But it never really lasts that long, you know, because it's like war between heaven and hell, which is an oxymoron for a name. But it la would have lasted a thousand of our years, mm -hmm. but maybe equal to two of their days. The whole the whole time difference is it's hard for them to, you know, understand our time. Right, right. I see that. So why what what why does it even infest a place? What what reason is there? Well, it's either drawn there by what happened in the past. Sometimes they'll uh, go to somewhere where there were battles, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of hate, a lot of friction. Those are places where that energy is still there. It's absorbed by the land. It's absorbed by the building. It's absorbed by the the plants even. And sometimes they'll be drawn to like oh they're always they're always you'll always find them in prisons because mm -hmm. of you know all the pain and the depression and the anger that's there mm -hmm. and the anxiety. So they're they're drawn there just like a moth to a flame. Mm -hmm. It was it was kind of interesting. I went to Alcatraz. I did a night investigation at Alcatraz. And I get into the first A, a cell block. And then there's this, I hear this voice coming from the right. And it's like, this guy's like, hey, you're going to help us. And I'm like, not if you don't stop bugging me, I won't help you. He looked like, I turned around and looked at him. He looked like Peter Lorre in uh, <laughs> Birdman of Alcatraz. It's funny because he looked just like him, you know, wow. bulgy eyes and everything. And so I'm like, fine. So we go through, I go through the cell block A. And I was with a friend of mine and I told her, I said, ooh, cool, cell block D, D for demons. Let's go in there. <laughs> so so we went in there and, you know, uh, Zach, Zach and Ghost Adventures had done uh, shooting there and they, what didn't want to stay in uh, solitary confinement number 13 and because they saw the red eyes and the growling in there and, mm -hmm. and there uh, says well who wants to be locked into the into cell block you know the cell 13 my me and my friend go oh ooh, us us <laughs> you go in there and it's like you hear the growling and it's like the, it, it stands out because it's blacker than black Mm -hmm. So I got I got rid of that one too. So. 
Well, you just need to go. But the problem oh. with the, the problem with Alcatraz is there's a demon that's buried in the ground under the rock. Okay. So what that's happens why to that? Well, the demon, you can either pull it out and destroy it, or you can mm -hmm. leave it there. And in this case, the demon was placed there, entombed there by Lucifer, because it had pissed him off in some manner, shape, or form, and I didn't bother to ask it why. Mm -hmm. But I told him, I said, if I, if I release you from there, I said, you got two options. Lucifer kills you, or I do. Take your pick, or you can stay there. So it voted to stay there. I'm like, okay, fine. Just behave yourself. Wow. I, I never thought about that. I know there's a lot of stories, you know, out there where, you know, like if you come into a, well, like, like that, a negative entity that's, that's, that's attached to the ground, it's harder to get them to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is all, this people. is very interesting to me. Yes, it's very interesting <laughs> to me. I, I can see her listening to you old age. Just go. Just chat. Um, so what about people? What, what attracts a demon to certain people? Um, there are certain things that attract them. Um, if the person is um, a substance abuser of any kind, whether it be, you know, illicit drugs, alcohol, anything like that. Uh, if the person is uh, weak in faith and weak-minded, if the person is, is currently in an abusive situation or has been in an abusive situation, then they're vulnerable and they're attracted to it. They're even attracted to uh, like clergy that they believe have like lack of faith or doubts about themselves. You know, that will attract them as well. And sometimes it's just a matter of being in the wrong place at the right time. Okay. Um, what about people that are sick? I mean, will they mess with people that are ill? Are we talking about like physically ill or mentally ill? Like physically ill. Um, they can, but it's no fun for them. Okay. They can like they can basically push them over the edge and finish them off, but really there's no sport in that for them. They would rather have someone that they can uh, that they can make their life a living hell over a long period of time. What about someone that invites them in, you know, via say uh, an Ouija board or something? Um, you know, I have friends that are Ouija masters and stuff, and they told me, you know, we're we're told not even to think about it or think about them or watch anything or do do anything with them that that'll it'll attract them. And I mm -hmm. tell them, I tell them, they don't have to. You don't have to do any of those things. If they want to find you, they're going to find you, no matter what. But people, I've had people that have called me in that have summoned the demon. And I know if they summoned the demon. I went in out a case in Vancouver, Washington. And the woman's like, well, it's, it's, hurt, it's bothering my kids and me. And I know it's demonic and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. So when I got to the location, I'm like, you summoned this demon. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. I said, this one thing about demons. I said, they'll tell it straight up. And this demon was telling me, I have a right to be here. I can be here if I want. I was summoned. And I told, I told her, I said, this is what he's telling me. You summoned him. I said, I'm more than likely to believe him rather than you. Uh -huh. And uh, she, I removed it. And she had the nerve to contact me later and ask me if I could teach her how to summon a demon. Because she did that one by accident. Wow. I'm like, really? I said, no. I said, I get rid of them. I do not bring them in. Thank you. Who in their right <laughs> mind summons a demon? I don't understand that. A lot of them will just because to see if they can do it. Oh, it's fun. Oh, I'm, I'm going to see if I can do it or... You know, I'm going to be a big guy on campus because I'm summoning a demon. And, you know, brujas will do that. Some of the brujas that are, you know, into the dark arts, 
will do it to attach them to someone. And I've had that happen more than once to clients where this one guy, I had one, uh, the, his worker was let go because she was stealing from him. So the worker went to uh, the local witch and said, you know, I want you to make his life miserable, stick a demon on him. And so he started having problems right after that. And he, he contacted me and said, hey, you know, this is what's happening. And he said, ever since then, I've had nothing but problems. I've been attacked at night, you know, during the day. And I said, okay. I said, you have a, a, a name for the woman? And he's like, yeah. I said, okay. So all I need is the name. I can trace where I can trace the connection. If I know the name of the individual, I can connect with the individual and see who they went to to have it done. So then I take the demon and I stick it on the witch. I say, here you go. You should you should enjoy this because you do it to other people. So I'm just going to stick it on to you and see how you like that. And they never like it for some reason. But I don't care. I don't care. You do it to somebody else, you get it. Yeah. I wonder why. So well, how can a person tell that, that, that they have a, a demonic force in their house? Usually it starts off really relatively simply. You know, it's like they start hearing voices. Things start going wrong. There are arguments between husband, wife, partners, whatever. And they, their, their MO type mm -hmm. isolate the individual mm -hmm. from the system, whether it be a husband, wife, parents, whatever. And the animals will know. And people, pardon me, but people are stupid if they don't pay attention to their animals. Because the animals are very sensitive. When an angel is there, they can tell you when a demon is there. They will not go anywhere near that demon. They will growl. And the demon will kill them without a second thought. They will kill your animals. So, and then, you know, your finances start going in the toilet. Your health starts going in the toilet. Nothing goes right. You feel like you have a black cloud hanging over your head. Everybody leaves you. And, you know, you, you hear this voice in your head and the demons tell you over and over again, no one can help you. You'll never, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your family. You know, and it's just over and over fictitious. They'll get into your dreams at night and they'll push some of that in there as well. The physical you. It's, these are all, you know, signs and symptoms. And they lie to you, but people think that, you know, they, they have no, nowhere to go, nobody to help them. And so they start believing it. And so they slowly, you know, go crazy or, or they go, grow so desperate that they uh, try to kill themselves. Oh. So really by the time, I mean, sometimes by the time people realize that they have this demon, sometimes it's, it, I'm not saying it's too late, but it, I mean, it, the demon is so in, the demon is already ingrained in them, correct? It's entrenched. Uh, people yeah. think that automatically that the demon's going to go into full possession mode and things like uh -huh. that. But, you know, demons really don't want to be in a physical body. Okay. That's one of the things they detest on any length of time. Uh -huh. They will come and go. You know, people talk about full possession. Well, full uh -huh. possession's fine for about five or ten minutes, maybe an hour or two for the demon. But like I said, they don't like being in the shell in the first place. So they will like pop in and out all the time. But I did have a case where there was a woman that had um, 11 entities within her and I had to do the exorcism on. But that was, that's unusual. Usually, you know, you get one or two, mm -hmm. but every now and then you come across somebody with more than that. And uh, it's just a matter of getting rid of them, just pulling them out. Now, that's my next question. Now that you said that, how can somebody get end up with 11 like that? I mean, I always hear of like one, but I've never heard of multiple. Well, what happens is once one comes in, it's kind of like house guests. Once the first one comes in, it attracts others. The word gets spread, you know, and come. 
And in this case, the, it started out with a demon that was trying to hide from Lucifer. It had been given a job to do, and it just simply blew it off and walked off and didn't do it. So Lucifer was looking for it. So it was the first to take up residence. And then others followed. But, it, you know, it's, it's, they just, it's like inviting somebody to the, your house. You know, say, hey, you know, I gotta, I'm couch surfing. Come on down. You know, they're not in full possession all the time. It's, you know, they take turns or they're in and out. And I took a friend of mine with me who's an ordained minister and my other friend that does this with me in the Ghosts and Girls. And I told him, I said, you need good protection because this is something that you've never encountered before. And so make sure that you're prepared. So um, my friend that's a minister, I told him, I said, God told me you fear the dark ones. So, you know, this is why you're here. You need to understand and you need to learn not to fear the dark ones because mm -hmm. you can't serve him and fear them. So he came and we knocked, I knocked on the door and the door flung open. The woman's eyes were black and she was talking in Aramaic saying, get away from me, bitch, and slammed the door. And I'm like, alrighty then. My friends are looking at me like, what? I'm like, don't worry about it. Knock on the door again. <laughs> this time she she's in control for the moment or two. <laughs> but it took three hours, almost three hours to to do get all eleven out. We got down to the last one, which was the first one that started it all. And I can look into their minds and I told them, I said, I know why you're here. You're hiding because you, did, you didn't you did do the job you were supposed to do for Lucifer. And you know, mm -hmm. if he finds you, he'll kill you. And I said, you can go home, you know, if you want. I said, if you want to go back to the light, you can, but you're going to have to you know, answer for what you've done. And it was hesitating, and I, and I told her, I said, you can. I said, I, I can ask Jesus to come for you if that's what you truly want, to go home. And so uh, I said, you know, I said, Jesus, come forth. And my two friends are standing in front of me and the woman, I'm behind the woman in the chair. And they part as this large, white, bright hand comes out towards the woman. And the demon almost took it. And then he drew back into the woman and said, no, 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 you're lying to me. You're lying to me. I can't go home. And so Jesus withdrew his hand. And I said, you know, I told it, I said, so be it, Lucifer, come forth. And I saw this figure appear at the end of the hallway and walk towards us. They saw, what they saw was uh, a, a black shadowy figure with golden eyes in fedora, double-breasted suit, spats, come walking towards them. And... Uh, he he got, went to the woman and said, you know, come out of there. You need to come out of there. You're coming with me. And the demon's like, no, 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 I'm not coming with you. I'm not going anywhere with you. And Lucifer looked at me and said, I know you don't want me to harm the woman. So uh, I can't rip the demon out. He said, I will come back for it tonight. And I said, okay. So we all... I told her, I said, there's one more left. I said, Lucifer will come for it tonight. Don't worry about it. So we all left. And at 3 a.m., we're all in our respects. And we all, Lucifer, say, it's done. Mm -hmm. And I called the woman the next morning. And she said, it's been 20 years since she felt empty like that. And I said, oh. please get counseling. So she was counsel got counseling for PTSD because of it. When you talk about Lucifer, I mean, the first thing we think of is Satan. So how are you able to get Lucifer to help you like this? He respects Ariel. He has great respect for the Legion. And Ariel has helped him in the past, long before the war. So he has a healthy respect for her because he knows if she chose to, she could kill him. Okay. It's not a problem. So he has that respect. And, you know, he's, I, I call him Lucifer because that's his, uh, that's his white light name. That was mm -hmm. his name before everybody started calling him Satan. 
and Lucifer mm -hmm. means the shining one, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, he has respect for the Legion. He, he will, he will do that. How do you prepare yourself to do this work? Mm, don't really have to prepare. Okay. I've been doing. I've been living it for so long mm -hmm. that you know, I just it comes naturally to me. You know, I, I put Ariel comes forward, the light, you know, the light is, she's part of the light, so it's within me. And when she comes forward to do the removal or wherever, whenever we, we reach a location and it's there, she automatically comes forward. Mm -hmm. And people tell me that they see, you know, wings coming out of my shoulders, uh, my eyes turn white, my voice and my and my face changes. I'm like, okay. Cause I used to, I used to always wonder why people looked at me weird. When I was doing removals, and then it's like, and then my friend told me, you do realize that this is what happens when she comes forward. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, no, a, I'm a little busy removing the demon, and b, I don't have a mirror, and c, I don't care. <laughs> Just do the job and get out. Are there different um, levels of demons? Yeah, there are the old, there's Lucifer, his first and second in command, and then there are the old demons. The old demons are the strongest and the wisest of all the demons, mm -hmm. and then there are the lesser demons. I liken them to uh, hormonal teenagers uh, running around trying to cause as much chaos and problems as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then there are the minions. And I consider shadow people minions because they're not full-fledged demons. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's little creepy crawly dudes that annoy me that can, you know, turn into weird things like spiders and potatoes and all kinds of things, you know, flat things. They're just more annoying than anything. And then there are what I call the wild cards, the harpies, uh, the incubus, the succubus, you know, those kind of things are just annoying. Well, I've seen the creepy crawly dudes. I, I, I mean, we went in, in this place in Oakland to do an investigation. It was kind of like a, used to be an old garage, but it was something else. These people were, were converting it to business, you know, offices. And I remember walking in and seeing them along the floor. And I'm like, nope. Can somebody yep. else in here just, nope. Floor, floors, ceilings, walls. Yeah. Yeah. They go into the walls. When I was at the cage in England, you know, the, the, Demons were in the walls. They were in the walls. They were on the floor. They were <laughs> so I went there twice. I cleaned it out the first time. And then the next year, I came back to visit family. And she got a hold of me and said, you know, people have been, they had, she had used it for, she had, basically she rented it out for people to do investigations. And somebody brought in a, a witch board and tried to summon one of them. So that once you do that, you bring them all in. You know, stupid. It's just really stupid. So there were a bunch of them everywhere. It's like, really? I have to clean house? Come here to clean house? Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. I was just thinking about that first one you told me about where the woman denied um, invite, you know, summoning it. And yeah. I've had a couple of investigations where whatever we were dealing with was really dark. And they swore up and down, no, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. Then as we're doing our walkthrough on the house, you know, because you're because you're looking at everything to see what's going on. So you got the you got the drawers open. There's an Ouija board sitting there, and we yeah. looked at it and went, That's "Okay, like... tell me again how you didn't summon anything." You know. I <laughs> see. That's the thing. You know, it's people always assume that. You know, people always say a Ouija board is bad. So which board is bad? But it's nothing more than an instrument. Just it's like them. a crystal ball, yeah. dowsing rods, yeah, you know, like anything, tarot yeah. cards. Yeah, it's it's the intention. One of the things I learned when I died and went to the other side mm -hmm. was that in the dark realm and the light realm, thought becomes reality. And it's the intention behind the thought that gives it that power. Mm -hmm. And every time you do an investigation, uh, you do a reading, you do t dowsing, EVPs, anything like that, it opens a doorway. And you need to close the damn doorway. I can't tell you how many thousands of them I've had to close. Because 
invest without any protection, without asking for a blessing, to leave the door wide open, and all kind of things come in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I teach um, basic psychic development classes, and that's one thing I teach them is how to open and close that door real fast. Because, mm-hmm. like I tell them, once you open that door, it's not only the nicey-nicey stuff that's going to come through. Yeah, yeah, no. Now, you say that you had have died and come back. Can you tell me about that? Mm-hmm. I was riding my motorcycle. <laughs> I was going out to, I was dating my husband at that time. I was mm-hmm. had just repossessed my bike and was going to go out to show him the bike I was going to be teaching him how to ride on. And I was making a left turn. The light had turned green. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this woman run the light. And so she hit me on my bike. I went off the other side. She hit me so hard it embedded the foot brake into the engine housing. And I flew off the other side. I had seen her coming, so I was trying to push the bike into her and myself off the other side. And uh, I was flung across the street, ended up against a brick wall, and was clinically dead for two minutes. And that was back in 1988. Yeah, 88, yeah, 88. And uh, I went to the other side. My grandparents were waiting for me. Michael was there. And that's when he said, you know, you need to understand who and what you are. And I said, yeah, I'm just me. And he says, no, your soul belongs to Ariel, the archangel. He says, that's why you always be able to see demons in their true form. He says, that's why you have all these abilities. And I said, I didn't even know who Ariel was. And mm-hmm. um, so he touched my forehead and he says, look upon yourself. And I thought to myself, I haven't got a mirror. And then a mirror appeared and I looked like him. I was like seven feet tall. I had 12 foot wings and I had blue, blue green eyes and long, dark, reddish brown hair. And he says, this is who you truly are. He says, you're a demon slayer. He says, that's why you're here. You're here to understand what you need to do in this lifetime. You need to start doing the job. And I'm like, okay. And so basically when I came back, he sent me back. I was clinically dead for two minutes. When I came back, I remembered everything from that trip. I I remember when I went there, when I got through the tunnel, I could feel God could feel a single soul in existence and over all of that was this sense of love and peace and the awareness of God being there uh, and the connection of everyone to him so when I came back it's like you know the internet was brand new so I found uh, an internet site and all I could find on Ariel was that she's um, one of the five that guard the throne of God and she her name is Lion of God but she's a demon slayer as just as the rest of the Legion of Light is and um, well the Catholic Church doesn't kind of kicked her out because she wasn't worth veneration and I'm, like, and I'm thinking to myself yeah no wonder Ariel's pissed at the Catholic Church <laughs> Like, not worth it, huh? Who do you call when you want your demons removed? Right. Absolutely. That's something that makes me laugh. And I was I was raised Catholic and, and doing this and go do a ghost hunting like I do. You know, the Catholic Church has their beliefs in that, and they don't think that ghost hunters should be messing around. Yet, yeah. when there's a alleged alleged demonic case, we're the ones they throw in there to take the notes to give to them. Yeah. And yeah. it's like. You know, yeah, and it takes you, yeah, and it takes you forever to get them to do anything with it, right? And then, and then it can take them forever to get to do any to remove it, right? And I, I asked Michael about that. So what's up with that? I said, how come it takes them forever to do that? And it takes me a minute or two. Mm-hmm. And he says, because they have doubt in themselves. He said, you can't have doubt in what you're doing, in yourself, or and and your faith has to be strong. You cannot have any doubts in in the process 
in yourself in what you're doing. If you do, it's, it's you know it's going to be a long time for you to get that demon out of there. And you can't have any fear either, because mm -hmm. that's a weakness, and the demons know that, and they use it against you. Mm -hmm. People ask me, "Aren't you afraid?" I'm like, "No. Why should I be?" Mm -hmm. It's a weakness. If you have fear, it's a weakness. Like mm -hmm. I'm empathic, but I shut that down a long time ago because you can't be feeling the things that your clients are feeling because it makes the client a target. And so you, you just can't do it. You have to, you know, shut yourself down and just deal with the demon. You know, when I get to a, even before I get to location, I know right where the demon is. So the minute I get out of the car, I head straight for it. I'm, I don't really talk that much. Uh -huh. I just tell them, can I go out back or can I go in here, go in there? Because this is where I need to go. And uh, my the girl that works with me on Ghosts and Girls, she's the one, she's kind of more of a diplomatic. So she'll talk to them, let them know what's going on while I just go ahead and do the removal. Because Ariel doesn't like to waste time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The other question I have is, you know, the church would let would lead you to believe that um, demons are few and far between. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Well, in the March 25th issue, 2018 of Newsweek, mm -hmm. the Vatican stated that they, they, which is unusual for them to open their mouth, Mm -hmm. They stated that they are training more exorcists than ever before in the history of the church. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Why do you think there's such an increase? Because stop and think about it. I mean, the minute this, pardon me, COVID BS came and started, you know, there was a, there's a lot, it, it strike a lot of fear a lot of anxiety, a lot of pain, a lot of worry. These are all negative things. And they, they're having a field day over this, you mm -hmm. know, and that they increase their numbers. They're, you know, they feed off of these negative uh, emotions, negative energy. So they're having a good time and it's increased a hundredfold. I mean, right now sitting in my, my inbox, I have over 200 requests for help. And I have to get to them as I can because I work full time as a nurse. I have to do it on my days off and stuff. So it's just, you know, I have to weed my way through them. Do you have to rest in between cases? Is it exhausting for no. you to do this? No, it doesn't take that long. Okay. It's just a matter of finding the time to center myself and get it done. Because uh -huh. you know, I was like, you know, I'm working 11 hour days uh -huh. and, you know, I have like, I keep Saturday for myself uh -huh. and so, and now I, now I'm working, I'm not working on Fridays, so I'm trying to do more removals on Fridays and Sundays and any other day. I like, I do them like early in the morning. I'm up at 4.30 every morning. Wow. So how do you handle those calls when they come in like that? Because there's got to be some kind of screening process. So how's that work? Yeah, if it's I I do it by email to where they contact me by email, mm -hmm. and I know the minute I open up the email, what's there or what's not there, and I address it accordingly. If there's something negative there, I'll remove it, do the clearing on the individuals or the, the location, everything. And then I will let them know what I've done. And that that's how I do it. You know, it's like I would like to have a picture. For me, it's better if I have a picture of the outside of where they're living uh -huh. and the person involved in it who's having the problems. Because a lot of times there'll be dark portals close by. And if uh -huh. I have a picture of the outside of the location, if there's anything even within 100 miles of it, uh, I can see it. So then I'll look for the portal. I'll close the dark portal first and then kill the demons. Okay. Okay. I'm just so fascinated by the work you do and the way you do it. 
That's so okay. I used to tell people in the military, you know, we all put our pants on the same way. Yeah. <laughs> One leg at a time. For me, this is just, this is how I rolled for 64 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has there I've ever been a demon that, that has tried to hide from you at all? Always. They always try to hide. Demons are trans-dimensional. They can hide between the veils. They can hide in different dimensions. Mm-hmm. You have to be... You have to be smarter than they are, which isn't saying much for the lesser demons because they're pretty stupid. <laughs> the old demons are much smarter, but you're dealing with hormonal teenager demons. You know. Right. Those are the ones you find mostly in the in the physical world. The old ones were not worth their time and effort unless they're specifically given an assignment by Lucifer. They just don't want to bother with us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Except if you piss them off like Zach did. I told him, I said, this demon that's here? I said, you remember that demon that in the demon house? And he goes, that shook your sight? And he goes, yeah. I said, this is the same demon. I said, and he's here to give you a message. So, you know, you better listen. Because he's not, you know, he's not messing with you. People don't listen. So has there ever been a demon now along that line? Has there ever been a demon that's ever, like, like, like what happened to your friend? Has there ever been a demon that's come back for you? No. Okay. And like I said, they want to be anywhere, anywhere but here when, when I come. That's why if they know I'm coming to a location, the activity will ramp up 100%. Because they know I'm coming, they're afraid. Right. I tell people right away, I said, you know, the minute you contact me, you know, it's going to ramp up. The activity is going to ramp up because they know you've made the connection. They will try anything they can to keep you from making that connection. I've had people tell me that they sent an email like months ago or a year, even a year ago, and I never responded. And I said, well, you know, I said, I never got it because I keep track. I keep a track of every email I get, every demonic removal I do, so that, you know, I can make sure that everything gets done. And I, I had one guy said, I tried to get a hold of you a year ago, and I said, I never got the email. I said, it's probably the demons trying to keep you from getting help. I said, but everybody finds me when they're supposed to find me. Have you... um? ever come across the same demon uh, you know the second time uh not after i kill him i've come across quite a few demons that that air has dealt with before i always get their names so i always know their names and she's like you know didn't you learn anything before this you know come on and she slices their head off so yeah well i guess that's the end of that yeah 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 no no more problems after that that will shut him up real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for some strange reason. <laughs> How about the people that, that that you help? I mean, is it hard for them to get their lives back? Because I would think that once something like that is gone, you you, you know how the human mind is. You start thinking about yeah. stuff like, oh my god, what if it comes back? And then all of a sudden, yeah, you know? yeah, it makes it makes you you know gun shy. I mean, right. you have you have PTSD. If it's been around you for any length of time at all, you're going to have PTSD. You're going right. to be hyper aware, be hypersensitive. Mm-hmm. And I tell him, I said, the demon that I killed is dead. I said, but you know, I have to clear you of any of the negative energy associated with this demon, because if I don't, it'll attract others. Sure. So once I do that removal, I tell him, I said, now you know what to look for. I said, I do not charge for demonic removals. I said, but I do ask that you pay it forward and help somebody else. Uh That's my payment. But a lot of people will make a donation or whatever. But the thing is, they won't come back. But the poor people, like I tell them, I said, you need to realize that this this happened to you for a reason. It happened to you so they learn from it. It also happened to you so you can help others who have similar situations you can say Uh oh i know exactly what's going on you know you need to get help i was just wondering about young kids because everybody is born with abilities psychic Mm -hmm. abilities and i just wonder are demons 
not attractive to you know, to real young kids. They will kind of poke at them and stuff like that, but it's they can't. They're not developed enough for them to be to make them as miserable as they can an adult. Although I'm not saying that they don't try to bother kids, and they do, of course. But, you know, they can't have as much fun with them as they can with an adult, or they can make them even more miserable. But, sure. yeah, children are, you know, children, that's what, that's what I'm saying. You know, kids are so open. When I saw my, I was about four, I was about four and a half years old. My grandmother raised me. My grandmother raised me. Four and a half years old when how I saw demons change. Saw them the way most humans do, do, you know, black mass, fog, uh -huh. something like that. But at four and a half, I started seeing them in their true form, which is even more scarier than than anything Hollywood right. can come up with. But Michael told me right, seeing them exactly the way that we he says I want you to watch them I want you to learn what what they do how they do things you're going to need it later in life and you're a kid so you think oh okay yeah it's a game all right and of course I needed it later in life absolutely absolutely I had one more question for you because you, you mentioned shadow people so tell me your thoughts on shadow mm -hmm. people they annoy me they're uh, they're loners. They do not like anybody else in their territory. I don't care whether it's a demon, whether whatever it is. They don't like it. They want it all to themselves, so that they can do exactly what they want to do. They will, you know, start out with you know you see them out of the corner of your eye. They'll make you have really bad dreams. They'll make you not be able to sleep. They'll they work a little more subtler and then they can even stop your heart. They can just reach in and stop your heart. They try to, they'll try to drain the life force out of you. You know, it's, it's what they do. It's, it's their MO and they're greatly annoying. What are they exactly? They're know? a minion. They're a minion. They're not a full fledged demon. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not as powerful, but they still have some of the same traits. They're unpredictable and they're smarter than the lesser demons, but uh, no less un no less unpredictable. Fascinating. Rarely so you see more than one. Um, I'm going to be lecturing at the Fan Expo in Portland at the Convention Center um, mm -hmm. with Michael J. Fox is going to be there. William Shatner, you know, Christopher Lloyd. Um, some people from Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek and stuff. I was asked to be on a panel and to lecture. So I'll be lecturing that weekend. And I'm going to be lecturing at the Oregon Ghost Conference the last weekend in March as well. I just released my new book called uh, Demon Seekers Into Darkness. It's the second in the Demon Seekers series. It's a fantasy book based upon the seven archangels that are in the world today that are living that are in physical form in the world today so this one's uh the climax of it takes place in stonehenge which i enjoy visiting <laughs> that sounds great how can people get a hold of you they can uh find me on facebook under june lundgren or demon seer um they can get my books on amazon.com or Smashwords or any of the other uh, book places. Barnes and Nobles has them. They're out in ebook as well as printed. Um, the book I released last March, a year ago, is called Demon Seer, The Awakening. And it talks about how the negative entities are impacting our world today, you know, how they work, you know, and there are a couple of good uh, chapters, one on protection which it tells you the things that really will work to protect you uh -huh. and the things that won't. And then there's one on where, to, how to help yourself and where to find help. And I have links to myself, 
um, the Johnson brothers, Keith and his brother Carl, and they they've agreed to be in it. And uh, Father Ron Fael, the Archbishop of the Order of uh, Exorcists of Saint Michael, mm-hmm. and a few others that have agreed to be in there. Fantastic! Thank you so much for coming on tonight. I learned so much from you. Yeah, it's ne- never a dull moment. My my poor husband. <laughs> I so appreciate it. And I have to admit, you don't have a dog over there with you, do you? A what? A dog? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two okay. pickles. Because I heard, <laughs> well, the reason why is because probably about one third of the way in, I heard a growl. Yeah, yeah. Pitbull. So I wasn't. <laughs> so I'm sitting here thinking, oh boy, you know. My ba- okay. my baby, my babies. <laughs> okay. All right. Just just, just wondering out of curiosity. That raised a couple of my eyebrows because I thought, ooh, yeah. they're messing with us. I have, yeah, I have two pit bulls, but that wasn't that wasn't the growl you heard. That was a demon. Fair enough. My, All right, well, my thank pit you bulls so much. first. Well, thank you so much. We'd love, I would love to have you back to talk more about this uh, another time, too. Sure. No worries. Okay. That's good. All right. All right, June. Thank you and have a good rest of the week, okay? Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. I learned so much tonight, and I hope you guys did, too. That was great. I love talking to people like her because, you know, we do the work, but it's nice to hear from somebody else who really gets in the trenches and goes after these these dark entities and stuff. So, yeah. All right. Tomorrow night, um, it will be a pre-recorded show. I, I, in, fact, in fact, this is my third show today, you guys. I shot two pre-records earlier in the day. And... Uh, yeah, and like I said, because of the whole schedule on the vacation, you know, all the timing for getting guests got messed up. So I'm trying to stuff, you know, get pre-records and get everything cross-mixed so I can start getting back to total live shows coming up. So tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m., Constance Victoria Briggs is going to be with us, and she's going to be talking about the history of the moon and the history of extraterrestrials on the moon. It was a very, very interesting and eye-opening conversation that I had with her today. So I think you'll find it interesting. And I will be on the chat tomorrow night, so it's not like I'm going to I'm going to just dump you guys on, on, on the some pre-shot video. It's just, I'm going to be on the chat so I can chat back and forth with all you guys as well. Um, thanks, everybody, for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. Fascinating, you know, fascinating topic with the guest. Um, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Um, if you watched from Facebook tonight and you haven't done so already and you like what you heard, please hit that like button and the follow button. If you're watching from YouTube, let me get my finger on the right spot. There it is over in the corner. Uh, that is where our mascot is with the magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat. Uh, if you haven't done so already, click on him and he'll uh, subscribe you up. We have 500, more than 520 videos sitting over there, all varying topics. I think you'll find something that you like. But again, I want to thank everybody for coming. And uh, I want to give you some information on our guest tonight, to uh, how to find her and her books. If you're interested in, in doing that, I'll, I'll go ahead and flash that through. But in the meantime, I'm going to let you go, and here we go. Let's wrap this thing up tonight. Websites, junelundgrenauthor.com and mysticconnections.org. And the books are Paranormal Encounters, book two, and we've got Demon Seer. You've got Demon Seekers. This is the one she was talking about. And then you've got Paranormal. And I'm sorry, I can't read the other one. Okay. You have Medium's Guide to the Paranormal. And then you've got The Dark Side of the Paranormal. And you can get those at Amazon. Okay, guys, I will see you. Well, I'll, like I said, I, I won't be here live. I will, well, I'll be here live, but... I'll be in the chat room at uh, YouTube tomorrow, and uh, come on over because we got a really good show for you about the moon and extraterrestrials. See you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Bye.